up, Raider Nation? Welcome to the Auto Win Podcast. Coming to you here after the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. Brennan Scarborough, reporter from Central Wisconsin and big-time Raider fan, joins the podcast today to break down the selection of Alex Leatherwood, offensive lineman out of Alabama. We'll talk about the pick, and we will look ahead to day two of the NFL Draft here on the Auto Win Podcast. All right, everybody, it is a great honor and a pleasure to have Brennan Scarborough, reporter from Central Wisconsin and a big-time Raider fan, joining the podcast today to help break down the number 17 overall pick, Alex Leatherwood. Brennan, how are you doing today? Doing great, Mike. Doing great, Mike. Really appreciate you having me on. Excited to talk about this today. Yeah, we've been wanting to connect for a while, so I'm really mm-hmm. excited we finally get to jump on the podcast together and talk about some real news. It's been kind of a, a quiet offseason, really, outside of free agency yep. for the Silver and Black, so it's good to have some actual live breaking news. So, Alex Leatherwood, number 17 overall pick to the Raiders. What are your thoughts on the pick? Yeah, I mean, immediately, I, I was sitting around with some guys, you know, watching the draft, and they asked me, who are the three guys that you want. And I say, well, I'm like, the first guy would be Tevin Jenkins out of uh, Oklahoma State. I'm like, the right tackle. He's somebody that I want. Number two would be the safety out of TCU. Number three was the linebacker out of Notre Dame. And I was like, but I could totally see the Raiders pulling what they've pulled the r- most recent years and drafting someone I've never heard of at right tackle. And they're doing exactly that. Not never heard of, but not somebody who's like higher on my board. I call it a warm-up pick. You know, nobody fell in love with the pick right away, but everyone's kind of warming up at best. The more I watch, the more I'm like, okay. I'm like, this guy could be all right. But, I mean, you know, he could totally – he could be a good replacement right tackle or I'm hearing he could also play right guard. Right away, I wasn't entirely enthused, I I would say. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think – I like the player. I don't like the value. And yeah. that has become a frequent occurrence with this yep. John Gruden regime. Uh, I think Daniel Jeremiah and Matt Miller and a lot of the well-renowned uh, scouts and talent evaluators had him listed in like the 60th overall player. Yep. We drafted him at 17. So I think that's where uh, most Raider fans are a little bit irked. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean – and when I'm kind of seeing, you know, right away on on Twitter, Raiders Twitter, I've only been on Twitter for about a few years now. And man, Raiders Twitter gets after it when they don't like a guy. I was, I was looking at it and a lot of people were like, Gruden's going to Gruden. The only thing is that it doesn't seem like this is a Gruden and Mayock pick. It seems like this is somebody that Tom Cable really wanted. So my question to you, Mike, is does Tom Cable have enough equity for you to be like, if Tom Cable likes him, maybe I can like him too? It's a great question. I would say yes, but at the same time, if the offensive line coach is making the call on your first-round pick, mm-hmm. I think you kind of have to sit back and kind of question what's the chain of command in that front office because sure. in a normal circumstance, the general manager is the signal caller, but we know that's not the case. It's John Gruden. Mayock works for Gruden. But by all intents and purposes, it seems like this is Tom Cable's guy. We talk about guys who are offensive linemen who are athletic, offensive linemen who have a huge wingspan. I mean, he definitely fits the mold of a Tom Cable guy. And I know Cable was the head coach for the Raiders way back in 2010. Yeah. But that just seems a little strange to me. (laughs) Yeah, it it just seems a little strange to me. And and I think that's right on par with the Raiders. We we do nothing (laughs) – 
uh, that, that goes with conventional wisdom at all. And I think the part that's a little bit frustrating to me, and we'll get into the player in more detail here shortly, but this has to be the fourth, third or fourth consecutive year that right when the pick is called, Mel Kuyper is like shaking his head and he says reach. Is it not? Yeah, it is. And, you know, I mean, like you said, it's been a couple of years with this. I remember when Cleveland Farrell was, of, uh, you know, when we drafted him, I was like, sweet, Jared Allen's here. I'm like, Jared Allen's there. We can take him. I'm like, that's that's the guy. That, I'm like, let's go get him. And, you know, we go with Cleveland Farrell. And I was like, all right, you know, whatever. Um, obviously, Josh Jacobs made sense. Abrams, I was still a little like, that seems like a little bit of a reach there as well. Um, you know, this past draft, I, I was like, wow. I'm like, we have, you know, there's um, Judy and, uh, um, gosh, darn it, I'm blanking on his name. CD and CD Lamb. I was yeah. like, Judy and CD Lamb are there. I'm like, let's go get one of them. I'm like, sweet. Any of them would, you know, work out. But obviously, people are going to more of the Tyreek Hill skill type now. And I was like, it's kind of weird that we went, you know, um, with rugs on that pick. Even Damon Arnett, that was also a little bit of – but, I mean, it's the mold that we're seeing, right? They, the um, Mayock and Gruden really like guys from big-name schools that play big-name competition. And, you know – Leatherwood does that, and he he's played these you know big names. Won a championship at Alabama last year. Yeah, a little bit of a reach, but I, I think I mean sometimes the, the one thing that you can say I guess is maybe these guys aren't complete busts. But I think for some of it, yeah, you're right. I think the value necessarily isn't there for the position that they're drafting it. Here's my problem, and I'm sure we all follow Vic Tafer. I'm a big fan of Vic, and yep. then Vic said. I think it was last night. If if Leatherwood turns into a good player, nobody's going to remember where he's dropped. Mm-hmm. Fair, but that seems to be the the phrase we have to say every single year. Cleve Hurl overdrafted. He he's struggled. I mean, he's gotten better, but he hasn't lived up to being the number four overall pick. Yeah. Henry Ruggs. He had a rocky rookie year. The the kid's explosive. He could he really didn't play that well, and Damon Arnett couldn't stay on the field. So that's what makes me a little bit skeptical. Uh, and, and lack a little bit of trust uh, in, in these decision makers in our front office. But in, in terms of the player himself, the guy's a four-year starter at Alabama. He was a, a, a first-team All-SEC. He was an All-American. He was a team captain at Alabama. The guy's not a scrub. He's absolutely not a scrub. So I, yep. I do think that, we, like you said, he could grow on Raider Nation over time. Absolutely. And, you know, so, I mean, I'm guessing like a lot of Raider Nation – you go home and you're like, who the heck is this guy? I'm looking up highlights right now. Now, the difference between I see from him and Tevin Jenkins, maybe I didn't watch enough of the film, but just watching some of his highlights, Tevin Jenkins is a guy who throws people out the club. You know what I mean? Like, he's just going to, like, you, if he gets his paws on you, that's it. You're done. Leatherwood is a little bit more like he's going to get the blocking assignment down. I didn't see him, blo- like, Panesul. He's th- like he's blowing people up. I didn't really see that from Leatherwood, but it seems like a lot of his run blocking, he's ma- like the zone blocking, he's doing like a really good job. He gets up to the second level a decent, a decent amount, which is definitely what the Raiders are looking for. And I mean, you know, like you said, four year starter, he's willing to put in the work. He's done it since a freshman year. I think, you know, when the Raiders are coming off of a player who is really good in Trent Brown but also couldn't stay on the field. I think it's also just looking for a guy who's, hey, is this guy serviceable and can we depend on him, I think is another big thing. I think from an X's and O's standpoint, my 
concern is he did not play right tackle at all in Alabama. He played left mm-hmm. tackle and he positions, if I'm not mistaken. So that's going to be a transition for him. Now, Tom Cable uh, is a good offensive line coach, uh, and I truly believe that. But uh, you're absolutely right. He, he was durable. Um, he's not a mauler. Where he, like, I see Tevin Jenkins, there's that clip where he just runs the dude into the sideline. Out of bounds. Yep, him. throws him. Yeah, throws him. You don't necessarily see that from Leatherwood, but he does seem like he's very athletic with a, t- a ton of upside. I yep. think he has a high floor. I don't see him becoming like a bad – like a Brandon Parker type guy. Sure, uh, sure. He's going to be a starter uh, in the NFL. And, and Mike Mayock flat out said he's going to be our starter at right tackle. That was interesting. Mike Mayock's uh, interview with the local media was very interesting. He said a, a few things that were noteworthy. He said that he was the number one player on their board. Now, whether we believe that or not is a whole another discussion. It was obvious what the need was. Uh, he also said that they had an opportunity to trade back and they did not opt for it. But – uh, it was an interesting tone from Mike Mayock. It kind of just makes me wonder what that that dialogue was inside the uh, the war room. Absolutely, and I mean another thing too is that what what he said about trading back was the other team needed a tackle. Well, I, I think we can assume that other team was the Minnesota Vikings. They didn't even go after. I, I mean, they didn't, I mean, Tevin Jenkins was still on the board. I think there was another right tackle who was still on the board, and they didn't go after either of them. Um, they went, it seemed like Minnesota was kind of fixated on who they wanted as well. So I think you can, I think a lot of people were arguing that Leatherwood would have been a safe pick for day two. And, and I mean, like I was saying earlier, it seems like this is the guy that Tom Cable wanted, you know, whether it was his, you know, height and size, his athleticism, um, you know, a lot of those intangibles that he has. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a little, it seemed like they were always going right tackle though, but who it was. I think it was the big thing that really caught us off guard. I think what also caught me off guard was in that, that presser that Mayock had with the media, he, he flat out said he knew it was a controversial pick. And then Vic followed yeah. up with them. He's like, hey, Mike, why do you think it's a controversial pick? And the Mike was very transparent. He's like, yeah, I, we had the TV on. We know that they were saying he, was a, he had a second-round grade. So it's almost as if – this regime they're self-aware that they like to go rogue but they're so Mm. stubborn that they do it anyways and that's kind of yielded mixed results over the last few years mixed results for sure i think that there are some guys who now it just hasn't played out you know um but the thing is so so i mean kind of the same question about tom cable like does mike mayock for a lot of people in the draft world and who who pay attention to you know what's going on Mike Mayock is almost on the level of Mel Kuyper, you know, um, and he is, you know, he does his homework. He had, I think when he would talk to the media, he would have like a three hour long thing prior to the draft about who he likes where. So I think he's somebody, I, I get why he's a little stubborn. He's like, Hey, you know, I do my homework. And if I like this guy, I'm going to take this guy. I'm, I'm, I'm Mike freaking Mayock. You know what I mean? Right. But, but like you said, he works for Gruden. So how much of it is, you know, Mike Mayock doing the homework, but Gruden being like, you know, this is the guy we want. This time, I guess it was Cable who said that. And even kind of just t- taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture of things, I'm a little bit conflicted as I, as I go through this, but the Raiders obviously had the 10th ranked scoring offense, right? Yep. Bottom tier defense. I think we were like 30th in the league out of 32 teams uh, scoring defense. With that said, we proceeded to trade Rodney Hudson, Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson, and Trent Brown. Yeah, Trent Brown, I get the guy was never available. Hudson debate back and forth about it, but 
I guess what I'm getting at is I think we ended up creating more question marks on a unit that was generally pretty good, whereas mm-hmm. the defense outside of Unique and Gakwe, I, I can't confidently tell you that I think we've gotten a whole lot better. So I'm younger and more athletic across the offensive line. It's definitely going to be a question mark and something to watch as we go into uh, September and October here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I think the big thing, and, and, and it wasn't – at least I haven't really heard anything solid as far as like is it – you know, it seems like Rodney Hudson wanted out as well. So, I mean, you know, obviously his value coming on day three in the draft. But – or day – when is the round three? Day three, right? Uh, so today's uh, rounds two and three, and then okay, uh, tomorrow so will be four so, through seven. So, I mean, his yeah. value – we'll see that happening today. Um, right. But – like you said, they created a lot of question marks for themselves. Now, I mean, I think Gabe Jackson, a lot of people knew that he was kind of going to be cut with, you know, as much as they were going to pay him. That freed up, was it $9 million? It was 7 to $9 yeah. million in cap space. It was, it was a, you know, quite a bit of money there. Yeah, it, it, it makes a lot of sense, though, with how much, you know, the Raiders are going to want to run the football. We see an emphasis in that and bringing Ken, Kenyon Drake. I know that they yeah. said they wanted to have him at receiver. But running the football is going to be the identity of this team. Um, working off of play action is something that they worked on a lot too. We saw with Derek Carr last year. So, you know, they're, they're, the offensive line filling in those gaps and answering those questions was definitely going to come first. And I agree with you. I don't necessarily think that our defensive uh, front looks a whole lot better right now. Hopefully they're making a lot of signings after the draft. I know there was some talk with Richard Sherman and he was like, Hey, I'm an older guy. They're going to, you know, if anything happens, it's going to happen after the draft. So if, you know, you're hoping with, you know, days two, three, and as the draft goes on, that they're answering those defensive questions, especially in the secondary. Now we definitely don't need any more help, you know, in the front seven, as far as defensive linemen, linebackers, maybe, but I think as far as linebackers, we should be okay too. And that's an excellent segue. To be frank with you, I was shocked at some of the names that are still on the board going into day two of the draft. The Raiders need to go heavy, heavy, heavy on defense the rest of the way through here. But who are some names that you're looking at as we go into round two and round three today? Absolutely. The linebacker, JOK out of Notre Dame is somebody that a lot of people had on their board not really comparing him to linebackers. A lot of people compared him to a Derwin James type, a, um, you know, almost a hybrid safety, maybe even Isaiah Simmons type that can cover tight ends and a faster guy, good in coverage. That's someone we need. I think that's someone we hoped Corey Littleton would be, you know, not Derwin James, but definitely better in coverage than he was last year. Um, the other guy is Morig out of TCU. We definitely need a center fielder. That's somebody that a lot of people have been saying. Jonathan Abrams, definitely not stepping up to the plate there. Or, I mean, Jeff Heath is just old. That's not somebody that you're going to want. Eric Harris is gone. So, I mean, either of those two guys, I'd be really happy with nabbing in the second round. I'm not sure that they'll be around when the Raiders get their pick. Maybe they do, you know, a little bit of black magic to make their way up, but any of the, anybody in coverage, I think, is the big need that we're going to have. I don't think – I don't really think we go corner. Safety, I think, is the big need that I think we need to fill. I'd also throw Richie Grant in that conversation. I, think I like he, that too. 
yeah, I think he could be available at 48. Yep. I don't know if we'll go around two in, in, in regards to this position, but I would like to add another edge rusher somewhere uh, throughout the draft. I think Oziz Ojolari out of Georgia is still be on the board today, uh, as well as Osai, uh, both kind of undersized guys, uh, Osai being from Texas. Uh, but we cut Arden Key. Uh, obviously, we'll have Unique, uh, Cleef Earl, and Max, and uh, Nassib, but uh, I think the, the more pass rushers, the better. But ultimately, we'll see what John Gruden, Mike Mayock, and company decide to do here on day two of the draft. Brennan, it is always a pleasure. Really excited we got to connect today. Uh, for anybody who is not familiar with you, where can they follow your work? Absolutely. So Twitter is probably the place that I would be most active, especially talking about Raiders stuff. You know, the ranting and raving that comes on Sundays that we're all used to. You can find me at BP Scarborough on Twitter. Sounds good, Brennan. Thanks again. And we'll definitely be in touch. Thank you so much. That's a wrap for this week's edition of the Autumn Wind Podcast. I want to give a big shout out to Brennan Scarborough for jumping on the podcast today and helping break down round one. We will be back after the rest of the NFL draft to break down the entirety of the Las Vegas Raiders 2021 NFL draft. I hope everybody's safe. I hope everybody's well. And as always, just win, baby.